0: To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, WRFALP.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. You are tuned in to Arts on Fire right here on 107.9 WRFA how you doing out there? I'm your host Anthony Merchant here with you and we have a guest today. We have Miles Hilton, a local artist who currently has a duo exhibit up with a uh, recent Arts on Fire guest, Wendy Bale. It is up at Pearl City Clayhouse now called Wood Wide Web. It is up until February 24th, so coming up here if you're listening Friday, you got about a day. If you're listening to Replay Sunday, sorry. But uh, we will still talk about the exhibit a little bit, let you know about it. So uh, we'll get into all that with um, Miles now. Miles, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right, thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely, so love talking art. I myself am not an artist, so I like to like pick the brains of an artist, get into it because to me it's just something I can't grasp. I can grasp doing interviews, things like that. No, I'm not good on the other creative side of that. So I like to get into this. What is like, for your art, I mean obviously you have a wood wide web and everything, but what does 2024 look like? so far for kind of what you've been doing in art? How, how's the year kind of been so far for that?
1: I mean, it started off at just an absolute breakneck pace. Um,
0: <laughs> just right away. Just right away. I mean,
1: 2024, January, as soon as the holidays were done, it was like, okay, we're doing this. We're putting up Wood Wide Web. We are not resting until it's done. Um, it was It was a rush. So that was the first you know, couple weeks, and then the sort of heady opening night went, oh my god, it's finally here. It actually happened. Um, and that was a wonderful celebration. Um, and then I sort of collapsed into my couch for about a week. You know, probably should have been a little bit longer. Um, and then began to look at all the other projects that I had completely <laughs> sidelined in order to get through the roots up. And, and there's a pile of them, let me tell you. So it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. I'm still trying to gauge, you know, am I do I creatively need a little bit more rest? Is it okay for me to jump into some of the new ideas that have been swimming around my head? Um, but I think I'm starting to ramp up a little bit more, which feels exciting.
0: like doing projects like is it easy for you to jump around or do you almost have to stay in that lane where if you're working like on wood wide web that's what you got to work on you can't jump over here and do this for a while you know like can you jump around or no should you not probably jump around from project to project
1: well so it depends for wood wide web I absolutely could not jump around come like October November of last year I just I made a decision this is what I'm focusing on. So many other parts of my life got pruned down or completely uprooted to make room for just the just focus on that. That's not how I usually work. Usually I do have a couple of projects going at once, but Through the Roots was just such a massive undertaking that there really wasn't another way that I could see to make it happen mm-hmm. other than forcing it to be my sole focus. So it's, it's a give and take depending on the size and scope of the project and if you've got a deadline.
0: Do you have to, like, kind of also with that, do you have to step away at time You know what I mean? Like, do you need that breather? Like, mm. if, if all you're doing, can you do the overkill? Is there times where you just go, even if that's all you're working on, maybe you need that day or two where it's like, nah, I'm not even gonna think about this today.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, a really important part of my our practice and my life is day of rest. Like one day a week, I just do nothing. External facing. I mean, I think just in general, like anybody who's able to do that, I highly recommend it. It's relatively new in my life, but it's made a huge difference. So even while I was sort of just gung-ho on through the roots, I had this sort of periodicity in my life where I had this day that I was doing nothing and then it would pick back up again. Um, And also through the roots, there are a lot of different components of it. So if I was just sick to death of looking at the root on my table and trying to figure out what I was going to do with it, I could go and I could blend up some wool and I could spin some yarn that I felt I might want later on in the project. So there was that variability as well that Mm -hmm. kept it from being just totally exhausting
0: that like one thing like you're still working on it but you can go work on this part of it instead of this part yeah for a you while. just look
1: at it from a different angle for a minute and and that helps me a lot
0: I like that I could see where that would help. This now I don't know if artists like this question. I mean, it's hard to do, but describing your art to someone who hasn't seen it—like, mm. how would you do that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if artists if that's easy to do or not. i to putting you on the spot. For people listening, though, you know, it's a it's an audio medium. You know, like how would you describe somebody new to your art? Like, you yeah, know, no, what are we talking about? I guess here
1: that's real. I mean, for for through the roots specifically, I actually have a lot of experience describing it to people who have never seen it because we all saw it for the first time on opening night. So, you know, my life for a while was, here, let me paint a picture for you with my words. (laughs) Um, Through the Roots, essentially, is a a giant wooden frame within Pearl City Clayhouse, which is an amazing downtown arts venue that you should all go see, whether or not you go see Wood Wide Web. Um, The frame itself, the wooden frame itself is, and I'm not going to get these measurements exactly right, uh, nine feet tall by 16 feet long by 10 feet wide. So it's basically a small house. You know, we we framed a small house. And from this frame are hung a number of roots, uh, the the trunks, the stumps of trees, the root crowns of trees and and shrubs. Uh, And then those, they're decorated individually with yarns, hand-spun yarns and beads, and then also interconnected between themselves, amongst amongst themselves, uh, in a way that's supposed to sort of evoke what it's like to live underground among the incredibly energy-dense networks of roots, mycelium, animal tunnels, mineral veins, little rivulets—you know—going going through the ground. But we don't see that as humans, right? Like we're above-ground creatures. Yeah. We think of underground, and it's dark and close and wet and inim- inimicable to life. But if you lived down there, you would have this experience of the energy-rich spaciousness, just the life. Of that space. And so I wanted to evoke for humans a little bit of what that might feel like and kind of invite that experience among gallery goers. Um, broadening out a little bit from Through the Roots to my practice as a whole. This is the first time I've done what I call a fiber sculpture installation. Well, the first time I've done one on this scale, certainly. There's a, a piece that's part of Through the Roots that I did last year that was sort of looking back, the, the precursor to this whole thing. Um, But in general, what I largely do as a fiber artist is embroidery, weaving, hand spinning. Um, I love to spin. In some ways, Through the Roots was kind of an excuse to showcase a bunch of hand spun yarn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a lot of fun with that process. I just do. So I'll take that yarn and then I'll maybe weave it into something or knit it into something or use it as thread or substrate to embroider upon. There's often a lot of, I use a lot of plants in my work um, as subjects, as the, the donors of the materials that I use as with Through the Roots. So plants are a theme, but by, by no means the only thing I focus on.
0: How about like, you know, like kind of take us back to, like how about with art, like what kind of originally got you into art? Where did kind of, what sparked the interest? You know, kind of how long you've been doing it, all that, you know, everybody kind of starts somewhere, you know, how yeah. does that kind of all begin for you?
1: So I was actually a writer long before I was a visual artist. Really? I remember the very first thing I wrote, and it was this sort of seismic shift. There was a before and an after of me realizing as a young kid, oh, I I know the shapes that letters are, and I know how to make shapes with a pencil, and therefore I can make shapes that convey meaning. That was just this incredible magical moment. So I've done creative writing since I was a kid, and I started with fiber arts pretty young also, actually. I started with needlepoint, which is uh, this, this very, I mean, it's not always, and I apologize in advance to needlepoint artists out there, <laughs> but my experience of it was it was this very uptight art form. You know, you're following this pattern, there's one stitch, you know, it's all very paint by numbers. And, and technically, in terms of like the hand working of it, it was delightful, I really enjoyed doing it. But creatively, it didn't quite do it for me. But then I branched into embroidery, where you're not on this grid anymore, and there are many more stitches, and you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, And that was sort of my foray into visual arts. Um, You know, I did art class like a lot of people, but drawing never really caught on. Um, So it's been been a lifelong process with a bit of a lull in my sort of early 20s during college and after.
0: Does writing are you still is like writing still a big thing for you? Is that kind of taking kind of the backseat to art now?
1: That's still a huge part of my life.
0: That is still big It to- really
1: is, yeah. Um, it's how I, I gestate and come up with a lot of my ideas actually. I don't you know, I don't sketch them out, really I, I write them. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll, I'll write to sort of figure out what it is even that I'm thinking, I'll write to figure out how I'm going to practically do it, um, I'll write to sort of psych myself up to actually go and do it. Uh, there's a lot of writing behind the scenes throughout the entire process. Do
0: you have any other creative outlets outside of like writing and art? Do you have anything else where like that creative energy goes or I mean it sounds like a lot of it goes into both of those and I like how they both sound like they interconnect. Like. You connect both of them quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, my, my day job is I'm a software programmer. Oh, nice. And I consider that creative writing. You know, people think of it as a science, but I really consider it creative writing because it's, it's a language. I mean, it's a constructed language, a number of constructed languages, but you're still writing words that convey meaning. There's still a lot of creative decision-making in terms of how you convey that meaning. So that is a creative pursuit as well. Um, and between, yeah, the software programming, the writing, the visual arts, you know, all the other creative pursuits I do are sort of for my own enjoyment, which I don't think is any less important than the outward facing stuff. But you know, I've sung since I was a kid. I love singing. I love whistling, like just those sorts of things, you know, hiking and sort of the movement of the body as a creative experience. Like, I mean, you could, you can go further, like you can, and many artists have sort of make your whole life into art. And, and that's something that I really enjoy thinking about, even if I don't always practice it, is sort of how can, you know, pouring milk into my cereal in the morning be art? How can that be art?
0: I like that. Well, again, I mean, you kind of connected writing to art. I feel like you could connect art to all these other facets. I don't feel like that's totally crazy. Right. You can figure that out.
1: Yeah, there's a way, there's a way. <laughs>
0: How about you know you were talking about the exhibit and everything like I said is up till uh, February 24th if I'm not if I'm not mistaken Is there gonna be a closing reception for that? Is there like a little reception?
1: Yes, there is and I don't have the time for that in front of me right now But there is going to be a closing reception uh, that Wendy and I will both be at So if anybody's trying to get their last minute both of the artists (laughs) will be there and you can you know You ask us all the questions you want
0: Did you, uh, did you and Wendy, I mean, were you familiar with Wendy at all before you collaborated on this? Or is this kind of how you two met and everything?
1: It was largely how we met. I mean, I knew of Wendy. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had seen a couple of her pieces. I had seen much of Mushroom Menagerie, actually, at the Roger Tory Peterson Institute, which is where she first exhibited it. But we hadn't really met. Like, we mm-hmm. hadn't conversed. And then I, I went to Deb, sort of partway through the process of making Through the Roots, and pitched this idea to her uh, again, just describing it because it didn't exist at that point. Um, and I'm so grateful for her belief in that vision. And so she, you know, not only said, "Yeah, let's let's do this," but also I think that you should talk to Wendy, and I think that you and Wendy should do a joint show together because my piece, you know, obviously it's very large, but it wasn't going to fill up the entire space. You know, I, I mean, God, I'm glad it didn't try and, try and fill <laughs> up the entire space. Half of it was enough. Um, but describing it to Deb, you know, she's got her finger on the pulse of, of the art scene in town. And I was doing this whole root mycelial underground thing. And Wendy has been doing this mushroom thing for a long time. And so I think she just saw that it would work really well and it did. And, and so that was sort of how we got to know each other.
0: That's really neat. And I mean, I, I kind of asked like Wendy this as well, but yeah, like for you, like it, it really does work well together, but like, why do you think like both of your work goes so well together. Why the exhibit works, why everything, you know, why you could come together and that works so well. Because I guess it couldn't have, there's always that, I guess it couldn't have. That's true. <laughs> but I saw it my own eyes and it was really like, <laughs> it works really well, everything's really good, you know?
1: Well, I think there are a couple of things. So part of it, the fact that we're so different artistically, I think really contributed. Because we're not, you know, we're not both doing the same type of art. Our art is sort of linked by a very broad theme. And so, the difference there allows the exhibit to touch on this very large theme from two very different viewpoints, so you get a sort of more holistic idea than you would if it were either one of us ourselves or if it were multiple artists who were sort of more similar artistically um, and then also, we communicated quite a lot throughout the process. You know Wendy had had made much of mushroom menagerie already, but you know she 's not one to rest on her laurels, and she was coming up with new stuff the entire time <laughs> we were talking. You know, I was developing through the roots and that was pretty much all I was doing. But as I was doing it, I was coming up with new ideas. You know, how can I, what else is coming to life as this as this comes closer to fruition? And we would talk about this with each other. You know, at one point I told her that I was going to try and use some UV reflective fiber uh, in some of the yarns that I was going to make. I just mentioned this to her offhand, basically saying, is it okay if at some point, you know, I dim the lights and there's UV lights? And she goes, oh my god, bioluminescent mushrooms. I can use, but I can use UV reflective stuff in my work. And then she just goes totally off on this, you know, just putting fluorescent everything in her ceramics, in her paper art, and you know, it's just, it was incredible to watch. And so that, that interplay, where one of us would have an idea and the other one would sort of pick it up and find a way to apply it to their specific pe- their specific art, I think is, is a great part of what created the, the meshing of that exhibit, of, of two very different art forms.
0: It's great to see it come together, I mean really like, it, really, really neat, I mean I can't stress enough for people out there listening if you haven't seen it yet, or go see it one more time before it's gone. Um, you know, was this your first time, we have brought up Pearl City Clayhouse a couple times, but I mean was this your first time doing anything with them, or have you done stuff in the past with Pearl City Clayhouse?
1: I had been to a couple of classes. Um, Pearl City Clayhouse offers an incredible array of classes. I had never, actually not only had I not exhibited in this capacity with Pearl City Clayhouse, but this is my first show where I wasn't you know, one of many, many artists. Oh, really? In a show, yeah. So it was my first you know, duo show. It was my first show of this magnitude. Um, and also by far the most involvement I've had with Pearl City Clayhouse. I am not a ceramicist. Um, I have not done ceramics since high school um don't yeah nothing against ceramics it's just hasn't been it hasn't been what i focused on and so as a as an artist i hadn't been terribly involved with pearl city clay house until this show
0: well happy to see you uh a part of it you know absolutely see some more uh you know in the future how about uh you know anything else you were talking about like what you've done so far in 2024 but still nice and early anything else coming up beyond the exhibit or anything else to uh, let people know about
1: um, well, I am going to have a piece in the Erie Spring Show. Oh, nice! Um, one of the pieces that's part of Through the Roots actually is. Oh, really? Getting getting pulled out of that context and put into the context of the Erie Spring Show.
0: Oh, very um, nice.
1: So that's coming up. But otherwise, so far, sort of with with twenty twenty four, I've been trying to kind of hold my creative energy a little bit closer to the chest. Mm-hmm. So I'm making things for me to use and making things for me to appreciate um, as, as part of kind of filling, filling up the, the well of creative energy. You know, that's, that's the direction that I'm going. So there's nothing huge on the horizon right now other than ideas, um, except for, yeah, that you can catch, catch one of the pieces at the Erie Spring Show
0: take a break it sounds like it sounds like wood wide web and everything like there you put some work into that it's all right to take to take a little break <laughs> for a minute
1: <laughs> i mean and and the work like the number one question i've gotten from people when they see through the roots is where did you get all those roots and and that i, I love that question because it lets me talk about all the work that went into that piece before all the pretty stuff before all the yarn and all the beads and everything. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it started, the whole idea for Through the Root started as an idea that I had and I sketched this idea and I forgot about it. And then a couple weeks later, the United Arts Appeal of Chautauqua County Grant Program, their application came live. And so I applied with this idea and forgot about it for a couple of months until I got the acceptance letter. Nice. Uh, and then there was this moment of, oh God, I have to actually do this now. <laughs> 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 and, You know, and I had this grand vision, right? Oh God, I have to actually make this happen. (laughs) Because there was so much that had to happen before I could, actually, I could even start hanging roots from it, right? Good point. You know, if I didn't get the frame up, none of the rest of it would come together. So there were months of hunting down roots all across Chautauqua <laughs> County. You know, shout out to Sarah Brown Millspa, an artist in town, uh, who took me to a bunch of spots where I got a bunch of the roots. You know, but I got some from like the side of the road, and, like friends' yards. I mean, I was, I was hunting for roots for months. And then, you know, the months of putting together the frame, my partner, Liz, and one of our friends, who's an engineer, really took the lead on designing and buying the wood for, and, you know, making all the cuts and doing all the carpentry that went into that frame. And then, you know, six of our friends came together to actually put it up in the space, it was real barn raising. And so before I even hung a single piece on that frame, you know, many dozen people's work over many months had already gone into making this piece.
0: No, it's really, really amazing. I mean, again, if you're listening Friday, can't stress enough to uh, go check that out. And honestly, if you're listening Sunday, I'm sure you can find pictures online. Oh you, yeah, you can see what's going on. I
1: mean, you could go go to Pearl City Clayhouse and peer through the window. I mean, that's like, true. We're too. not we're not pulling it down <laughs> that fast.
0: <laughs> Twenty four hours, you can see it. Twenty four hours, peer on through the window there. <laughs> Speaking of online, you know, can we uh, find your work online? Can we find you online or any of that?
1: Yeah, I am on Instagram um, as the Feral Needle with underscores. And my website is theferalneedle.com.
0: Not nice, nice. No spaces. Easy.
1: So there we go. It's that's <laughs> that's the fiber arts brand online.
0: Well, great. I mean, as we uh, as we start to close this out, I mean, anything else we should let people uh, know, or anything we missed here?
1: Oh, man. I mean, just go to Pearl City Clayhouse. Check out that space. It's an amazing community art space, whether you're a ceramicist or not. They've got an amazing array of classes. Just cannot stress enough how awesome it is as an artist in Jamestown that Pearl City Clayhouse is up and running.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm Anthony Merchant. talking to Miles Hilton. I'll be back in just a second with more. You're tuned in to Arts on Fire right here on 107.9 WRFA.